Hey, this is Dean Cameron, and when I need to break the tension, which is often, I like to put on the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast whose knowledge of higher culture comes exclusively from cartoons. (laughs) Leopold. (laughs) My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, the dog days of summer take us across the pond as we get hairy and hangry and hungry to talk 2014's White God. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) And whether you've uh, soothed a savage beast or not, you can listen in to our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your hungry hole. (laughs) And if you are out uh, being... I was going to say, I would... Hungry and thirsty are two different things on social Wildly media, right? thirsty things. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just stay, we're staying hungry on uh-huh. social media. Uh, we're, uh, we're being hungry on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and we're getting hungry on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead, and it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and revenge shenanigans. Yes. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, July 21st, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area... Head on over to Screenland.com where you can uh, get your revenge shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and possibly virtually. But more importantly, if you're at Screenland.com, go to the Friday Night Fright tab. And Mm -hmm. the Friday this episode is releasing, our latest Friday Night Fright, Mm -hmm. competed in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness Mm -hmm. because it is indeed celebrating its 10th year of terror. It's a film that has launched a franchise that launched a director. Mm-hmm. And for better or worse, I think will be a movie that is made better by seeing it in the theater. I will still say the first 15 minutes of this movie, House of a Thousand Corpses, is a goddamn horror masterpiece. There's just something to see Sid Haig just run amok. And on the big screen, it's going to get wild. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, show up early for the pre-show, of course. Now then, looking towards... the And that... Early era of both like Chris Hardwick, Rain Wilson, uh-huh. Walter Goggins, you will have multiple Rick Dalton moments mm-hmm. in House of a Thousand Corpses because if you if you can give Rob Zombie credit for one thing, he really goes to the well, the deep well of like seventies character actors, oh, yeah. and then identifying current character actors in his movies, he populates them well. He he knows his shit. I'll give him that. And, I will one hundred percent give him that. And I know we even talked. Um, Oh my God, uh, Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem is dope. I think his best film. I absolutely, I will one hundred percent agree. And you know what? That's the thing. I, I'm not. I'm, I, if you listen to the show, you, you know, know I'm, I'm biding my time and my tongue. <laughs> but I'm not the biggest Rob Zombie fan. But I'm an appreciatist more that- than a celebratist. And I can understand what he was, what he's trying to go mm-hmm. for. And I dig his aesthetic and his motif, and the fact that he's putting new shit out there. And like I said. First 15 minutes of House of a Thousand Corpses, fucking aces. I love it. 
Yeah, I, it's definitely you can tell it's a first time film, but head on out for that. Now, actually, looking forward to next Friday Night's Fright, mm-hmm. and it's movie. It's new, mm-hmm. which means like legit new. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be. In fact, it's actually playing throughout the weekend. So, but we're kicking it off Friday Night Fright style. Yes, we are. So the ten fifteen screening. We're going a little. We're going a little late, kids. On the twenty eighth, but we're going to be taking. You can stay in, up late, eat junk, and watch a scary movie. And try to become possessed. I, I have seen the Ozplo- maybe possible Ozploitation classic Talk to Me. Uh-huh. I got a chance to see it early. Yeah, yeah. You, you've become my vetter. And that's just it. You even said, should I watch it? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it. And here's the thing. I I am going to highly encourage you to see it with us all. Cool. In this one. Cool. I'm, it's, I think a uh, friend of the podcast, Oren Gray, summed it up best. It kind of is what it follows what for those that disliked it follows mm-hmm. i think it will actually hit what it follows was going for nice so if you can go beyond a buck flower thing well, you'll be good say oi buck flowers <laughs> that's not a knife this is a knife it's very brutal uh-huh oh it, yeah and it does treat teens. well it's australian so it has it just, to be it's expected everything in australia is beautiful and deadly yeah beautiful beautiful deadly but it's there's teens and they're doing teen things Mm. And I shook my fist at them a few times because I'm like, why would you do that? But then I'm like, dude, old man, right? just stop yelling at the youth. Let them do their thing. Sometimes I do forget that not everybody lives their life by horror rules. But at the same time, I can only I, I can only stomach so much ignorance. Well, and that is to say... I can't co-sign on too much shenanigans when it comes to like dumb, dumb things. That is to say, it's definitely a movie that's crafted more for a younger audience. Uh-huh. But... Those of us seeped in horror, I think, especially the fact that the filmmakers that did this, this is their feature film debut. Cool. It's polished. It's assured. And I believe that's exactly what Katie, uh, the blonde in front, said. She's like, yeah, I'm shocked that this is their first film. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it okay. with the crowd. Okay. Saw it in theater one. It was quite quite striking. Ooh. I know. Well, I think we'll probably be in two at that one. Yeah. We got to compete against Barbie and Oppenheimer. Ah. Yeah, come that's on, tough. Barbie. Let's go party. Oh, 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 yeah. You know what? Apparently, apparently I get to break out for uh, the Oppenheimer screening. Oh, really? You're no joke. The Dong Gong? The Dong Gong. Really? Yes. What a fucking Oppenheimer drop trout and show his A bomb? <laughs> his fat man and little boys? Is that what he's showing off? Like fucking. <laughs> Bravo to you, good sir. From alliteration to just that little bomb there, that's great. Yeah, apparently, amongst the three hours, I get to break that out. Really? So something to look huh. forward to. Dongenheimer. Nice. Now, the other repertory screenings that are going to be competing with uh, Barbie and Dongenheimer there. Uh, See, you don't have to worry about hanging Dong and Barbie because, like, we all know, like, it's fucking smooth. Everything. Uh, Anime Club this month on Monday. I'm going to throw this out there as we always do. Mm -hmm. Cowboy Bebop. I am very familiar with it, but not steeped in it. But I do know of it and respect it and i've seen a couple of episodes fucking it is pretty fucking cool and so i heard the movie's pretty pretty rad so it's anime club so guaranteed it's, it's gonna be, be cool yeah. yeah he derek handcraft uh hand curates those yes so, he does yeah no not and, much props to him and i know much like friday night frights they have a number of regulars out there mm-hmm. so that's why we always try to encourage you to go out to the uh the monthly screenings of the programmings that they do uh a number of them out there now the outdoor screening, actually, Genius, on Saturday, the uh, 22nd. 
It's almost inconceivable that you haven't seen this, but if you haven't, this is your chance to see the Rob Reiner, excuse me, Robbie Reiner classic, The Princess Bride. Anybody want a peanut? (laughs) And that's another one where you'll have Rick Dalton moments throughout. The movie is great. The movie is great. And, like, I heard people like, man, the movie's bullshit. I... I can't and I can't understand it, and you know I, I I really don't because it's not even like oh if you've grown up with this, it's just a good movie no matter what because I came relatively late to the game with the Princess Bride. Were you kind of like Fred Savage where you're like it's it's not a it's movie a for me. It's a kids movie, yep. Right? I was yep. like oh Princess Bride. I don't need to see a live action Disney, especially because I'm 18, 19 at the time, and like. Okay, when you're yeah, you're late to us, yeah, yeah, and so like I'm like oh, I'm just gonna watch. I'm like, God damn, this is a good fucking you just movie. Become enthralled, like you're as you wishing the, across the, the way. The storytelling is on point because yeah. it's almost Shrek before Shrek, where it's just like deconstructing these classic tropes mm-hmm. and almost old Hollywood with the swashbuckling and the whole like and the fact that it has Andre the Giant in it. Well, and before I knew who Wallace Shawn is, Wallace Shawn. Before I who knew Mandy Patinkin, Mandy Patinkin. Yep. Fucking before I. New Carriules, Carriules, you know, Humperdink, Humperdink, right? And I'm like, Chris, oh, that's, Bright, that's fucking Fright Night. Yes. Like, that's fucking it for Fright Night. Oh, shit, right? So, Robin Wright, you know, so like, I'm like, it's, holy, it's a proper good movie. And so, like, I don't understand, like, oh, I don't like I don't get and just like Fred, every every beef that everybody has from it, I almost see them like as the Fred Savage surrogate. Like, oh, it's a kissy book. Like, oh no, but it's I didn't realize good. that there's a contingent of people that dislike it that much. Yeah, like more than I expected. I thought people were like, oh, it's great. I think it's almost like the grease haters, where there's not you should a be lot, familiar with that. There's not a lot of us, but those of us who are are very adamant about it. Yes, you know what I'm saying. So like, <laughs> point taken. <laughs> point right? taken. I get. I get it, but I don't get it. Well, I. I get. Here's the thing. Then I challenge you. If you have felt that viewing, if you haven't seen it, you've been putting it off because of those kind of feelings. Challenge yourself. See it outdoors with the with the crowd. The communal experience. Yeah, at least see it if you're gonna hate on it. If you haven't hated on it. Yeah. Now, I've seen Grease. <laughs> and I'll still go to bat for Grease, too. I got to get that on there. We will watch that. If, with, if, April's this, coming yeah, up. I know April, April will be coming we up. Gotta really, we got to have a Pepe Silver board of all the things we said. Pep, uh, April's coming up. The, April's the, coming up. April's coming the up. The problem is, though, man, we're going to load that thing so much that eventually we're going to include another month somehow mm-hmm. in there just for the mm-hmm. hell of it. Now, that being said, uh, if Screenland sounds pretty rad and you're if you don't live in the Kansas City area and you'd like to support them from afar, number of ways you can do that. The easiest is to become a member of their film family. Uh, go to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius, if I will be talking a Patreon and film family. Hey, bellies. We also have our own little crew at Patreon. In fact, uh, anyone that is on the Another Time another place. tier... We'll have access to this month's commentary, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually done by fun. the father of old Robbie Reiner, mm-hmm. as we talked uh, Carl Reiner's summer school. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That one was a lot of fun, and I know it had fun. been a little while since you had watched it. It has been a minute, and it was very much inspired. Number one, just the fact that Dean Cameron was recently in town with Crypticon, and the fact that I forgot that a lot of vagina was in it. And it's another film. 
you will have the Rick Dalton moment mm-hmm. because you're constantly, oh, they're in it. They're in it. Wait, they're connected to what? They were right. in that movie? Because I remember Shawnee Smith and because she's looking all adorable with the fucking ruler in her mouth. Kelly Joe Minter. Kelly Joe Minter. But then I totally forgot about a lot of vagina and like <laughs> fucking Dave, him being like the asshole of the two. Well, they're both kind of habitual assholes, but they're both lovable enough. So that they the charisma carries them mm-hmm. through, carries them through much like it did the commentary. Now to have access to that and so much more, uh, head on over to patreoncom slash junkhead Where actually this in the month of July, we've actually got a lot of stuff still coming mm-hmm. back. In fact, I do believe our new horror episode will probably likely be talk to me, mm-hmm. whether it be a good experience or bad experience. Either way, we're going to have fun. And we already know what fucking December's new horror movie is going to be. Oh, which, by the way, I I, I caved in and I watched the trailer because I knew it gave away it's next to like nothing. It's only like 30 seconds. Yeah, I think you can get away with that. But, it looked... but ever since we kicked in Kaijun, uh-huh. I'm just so properly excited. Not that the... U.S. Godzilla Monsterverse movies aren't great because they're a lot of fun. But there's something about the Japan ones. From the home country. It's something about the OG. I, it's like, again, like it's Italy with eye trauma. If you want to do it right, go do to the home right. of it. And so I'm very giddy for that. So ideally in December, you will hear our thoughts on Godzilla. Minus, minus one. one. So cool. So That's cool. Bu- I mean, even the name of it is fucking neat because like... I, I'm curious. You know I, what it means? Yeah, no. Okay, so... Right after World War II, Japan was says, okay, we're now set at zero. Okay? So the movie is set right after World War II. Post, post, I mean, like, right after. So they're already set at zero, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, here comes Godzilla. So now that's why this is Godzilla minus one. Basic arithmetic. Mm-hmm. Love it. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, and again, Kite... The months that we started programming, and again, mm-hmm. some of them are fairly random because it's kind of like, what are we in the mood for? But some, like Kaijun, have become regulars. Yeah. Just something to look forward to. The dog days of summer have been fun so far. We started off as a pun, and, as and, most of our months do. As we do, but honestly, 1976's dogs... That's a great way to kick it off. ...was such a nice surprise, yeah, and especially the ducky. whole... That experience. Ducky and Dr. Dre... Then going to the 80s with Corey, mm-hmm. uh, a good old boy and a mutant. And, and a mutant. Michael Freegan Ironside. <laughs> he fucking as a mutant. <laughs> Terrifying in it. But then when you threw out this title that we're talking today, mm-hmm. number one, I had heard nothing about it. Nothing at all. Kind of same thing with the, with dogs. was familiar with watchers. But this right. was like, okay, what is this? Like even the title itself I was like, are you sure this is a dog movie? Like, White God? And you had made mention that you had not seen it before as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, this was technically one of those, you might get another themed month of where we're going to look through the ju- unwrapping ju- Genius's library of uh, Blu-rays that or DVDs that he has yet to uh, actually break the seal on, just to give an excuse to watch those particular films. But this is one that we broke the seal on, and realizing then that it was indeed international and i think ideally our podcast has a number of you know places that we visited on our kind of horror passport yeah because we spent like so much time in italy we spent a lot of time in mexico and spent time in japan lots of times in japan (laughs) um even portugal yeah we've we've, like we've gone all over the place we're fairly well traveled 
Mm-hmm. However, it's always good to go into maybe some countries and cultures we're not as familiar with. Right. In fact, I asked you, in terms of like Hungarian horror, does any like film-wise, does anything come to mind at all? Mm-mm. I mean, but it has to be something old school and spooky because hung- Hungary is the home of Transylvania, so there's got to be like some like weird hammer vampire shit. There's that. I guarantee you, there is plenty of uh, literature. Uh huh. Yeah, the fairy tales themselves probably that is this the the wellspring. Well, plus its proximity of to like all the. European bloc countries, that's the sure. home of horror. You know what I'm saying? Like the medieval times, like fucking German expressionism and shit. Oh, and I tell you what, going back to those, because actually the one of the earlier examples that I looked up and found was from 1919, a movie called Al Raoun. Mm-hmm. And it is very much a Frankenstein-esque kind of tale. Ooh. Yes, so borrowing from Mary Shelley, but... Right. I mean, that's very that's beating them before, you know, Universal. Yeah. That's before Nosferatu with the German Expressionism. Caligari was... Caligari was... Also in the 20s? I, th- like, I thought it was like early, early 20s. It probably, Marie's probably yelling at us right like, now, God all of our classic it. fans. But that is to say, 1919, that's calling your shot early with horror on film. 1920. So beat them by a year. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. And then to the point where even in just here in 2020, there was a film called Postmortem that had, I don't I don't want to say heat, but was one of those, if you look it up, it's one of the first things that pops up. So mm-hmm. they've been in the game for a while. And that means there's probably a lot of gaps that we can fill. Yeah. And this is one of those stamps, though, with the passport that is kind of, I was hesitant, especially knowing international, knowing the dog stuff. Uh-huh. Knowing it's a movie about dogs. And knowing our sensitivity mm-hmm. to the handling and treatment of dogs. That is not to say I shouldn't be suspect of everyone out the U.S. Because here at the U.S. we have our issues. Yeah. We have a lot that we can improve on. And it's funny because from the get-go when we were watching this, I will just say this might be one of the most trauma and trigger warning kind of an episode we have, especially with our whole Yelp meter and the Yelp review, this movie is not going to be for some people. No. So this is your five-star Yelp review right off the bat. But before we talk about how, like, because it gets brutal, but right immediately the opening scene, the opening title card no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. In fact, a lot of them got adopted afterwards. And that, because this movie is very brutal, at the essence of it, without going into spoilers, because we've got to spoil the shit out of it, it's a movie about dog fighting and revenge. Mm-hmm. Take that as you will. Realize that when you have a story about dog <sighs> violence and revenge, there's going to be some dog violence. But no, I'm glad they said off the bat that no dogs, because that takes some of the sting off some of the brutality. But we'll talk about it. Yeah. But no, it's, no, it's, it's it's a very visceral, brutal movie. But at the same time, it's also very uplifting, entertaining, almost cheerworthy. It was no, I wasn't. This is one of those films, almost like The Legend of Hell House, where I wasn't properly prepared for the film. Yeah. 
I don't think I was properly prepared for this one because I, of the journey we took. I knew very little of this movie except that it was playing at Tapcade once. I saw, heard some buzz about it, and I saw like the, a 30, 40 second trailer mm-hmm. of just uh, Lily going down the street on the opening the, shot and all the dogs coming. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And so when I found it on my, my uh, hunts, I was like, I've, I, I've heard You've of that. You've noticed one, yep. Let me grab that one. So. Just in case. And it turns out we had to program a month of this kind of programming. And it's very rare. No, it's not very rare. Occasionally we do talk films that play the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, but this one did play in 2014. Palm uh, Not necessarily. However, it did, nada. It, did, it did get actually kind of the canine award for it, however, which was impressive. Ooh. Ooh, it got... Um, Prix un certain regard, which is like prize of a esteemed regard. It was, it was held in high regard, and I can see why because it's fucking rad. It's 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 it's, it's fucked up. It's it's very. I cried a little bit during I this did. movie. I cheered quite a bit during this movie. I was genuinely afraid. I crin- we cringed Multiple there was times. There were several scenes where I know I kind of stopped breathing. Yeah. And was so engaged with what was happening not only with Hagen who might Hagen be, the Wonder Dog fucking uh what was his name? Somebody in body. It's Luke and Body that Luke both played Hagen. Dogs. Jesus, the act the dog acting in our main when you have a story Okay, so, <laughs> I know it's tough to like put, this, wrap your mind around. It. I think I said, "Look, is this the the gritty version of uh, Benji Come Home?" Because it starts off as a very realistic, sad version of like, "Oh no, I lost my dog because my family sucks." Mm-hmm. Oh. Then he's kidnapped and thrown into a dog fighting ring, and you're like, "Holy shit, can it get worse?" Then he's thrown into prison, and it gets even worse. And you're like, "God, he's surviving." As best as he can, but then all through all this like dog violence, we're like, okay, we know that this is a dog uprising movie. There's and there was even a point in time where I'm like, okay, we might have to justify how horror adjacent this movie is because so far, like I said, it's a Benji come home movie. It's more action adventure than right? anything. Because he's following on trying to get home, and then when you're in the dog fighting, you're like, fuck. Holy shit, how brutal is this? Because we see a training montage. Oh, and not the kind of training montage that of, you want to of see. just dog-like violence. And, like, here's the save. There's two saving graces on all the dog violence that we see during the training montages. One, that we've already known right off the bat that there is no dog violence. Mm. Strict, strictest of guidelines in America and, and Hungary. Yep. Okay, so double double dipping on the dog don'ts. <laughs> Right. So and then two, the other saving grace is that like, okay, there's got to be some sort of up comeuppance. We know that this is a movie about a dog uprising Mm -hmm. at some point in time, no matter how rough it gets, because even if you haven't seen the trailer, even if you don't have seen the the cover art of the DVD, which has the army of the dog, coincidentally, the first scene and the last scene are they bookend. Right. So even if you don't know, you know at some point in time because they show at the beginning of the movie the dog uprising. And so you're like, okay, at some point in time, these dogs are going to fight back. And if they didn't have those two warnings at the beforehand, oh. I think this movie would leave 
an extremely sour taste in your mouth until the very end. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they have those two caveats, I think it softens the blow of violence. Like, oh, I can tell that's a puppet. But in here, you can't tell that these are puppets. When a dog gets shot, they get shot. But again, they do a lot, a lot of the more hardcore violence off screen. You do hear yelps and shadows and do see other stuff. Or you see it from the animal's point of view, which is almost worse. Mm-hmm. But again, it softens the blow. And again, when when you're waiting for that dog violence and it finally does come and Hagen does get his revenge, it's very controlled chaos because mm-hmm. there's gore and it's oh. violence and it's very Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, but... <laughs> Not as mean spirited, he's more of like showing strength. They dominance. make mention amidst they give us some news position, mm-hmm. and they say there's an army of there's a whole pack of dogs, but they're not acting like you know animals. They're acting like a well organized army, right? And that is carried by the charisma of Hagen, but he's got some moments in this. Oh, when you're like this dog is a good actor. He had multiple the way he, I mean, just the physicality from. His ex- eyes. The excitement when the boats are going and he's walking across the bridge. Uh, and he, uh, he's got a nice little varied to his Larry variance to his delivery and his his got his gait to his walk. It's incredible. And then the fact that he's so brilliant. Uh, what was one of the ones where I was like, "You're a really good actor." When he's showing empathy for the dead dog. Oh, good that got Lord. hit by the. We never see this dog got hit, but it's an old. It's it's been dead for a minute, and he goes up like, "What's wrong?" And he realizes like, "Oh." This dog is dead. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of carries him out. And the other thing, I was so impressed with his um, moment of, what have I become? Like, what am I doing? What what have I been turned into? Gee, you could see it's, all these different emotions and and thought processes in the in Hagen's face. Well, that I, that leads the question then, who did like the bulk of like the physical stuff and then who did the bulk of like the really act the heavy acting? Right. Was it Luke or Body? I'm sure Body did a lot of the heavy stuff. <laughs> Luke's the, the face. <laughs> right? That makes Luke, sense. Luke's that Mark Hamill. You know what I'm saying? Fucking Body is Jesse the Body Ventura. He ain't got time. He's the stunt dog. See, that's, that's the thing. Body was probably the yoked up version of um, of Hagen. Hagen and after the, the, the after the training. after training montage. Uh, and there's moments where I had to keep telling myself, almost like a Wes Craven thing. It's only a movie. The dogs it's are only okay. A movie. The dogs are okay. And I can actually see between the seams. And this is one of those things where I'm kind of glad I can kind of see where the dogs are just roughhousing and having fun. Yeah. Because the dog violence, when the, when we actually see the actual the dog, dog fights, fight, yeah, they're it's not CG. It's and not it's, CG. These are two dogs going at it, but they're going at it in a, such a playful way. And because you, you can see the dogs wagging and stuff, and it's a good credit to the filmmakers showing like, well, we wanted to show them violent, and they do a good job of cutting the where they're like biting the ears mm-hmm. and wrestling with each other. But also, you can tell they're happy. It's happy play. I'm telling you, I have seen, uh, Charlie has a buddy of hers, this giant Rottweiler named Big Bob. And Big Bob, it's not just a name. He is a big Rottweiler. It's roughhousing. It's the roughhousing where to the point where he will just collapse on her and then just they'll be biting at each other. <laughs> and it's hysterical. But 
if you threw some more severe well, music well, behind well, it, well, and well, yes, well, that, well, it might look a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, I was like, oh, okay, they're just roughhousing. I'm it's not a- even a dog owner, and I can tell that they were just playhousing. So, but again, though, it's the magic of movies because yeah. it can still look intense. Yeah, and then when the do- when the army of dogs gets taken out, well, not oh, all of them, oh, but, but no. when they come afoul of the army blockade and the army has orders to shoot to kill, the a lot of the dogs did a good job of like stopping right where Rough. they were, and the CGI yep. was just realistic and uncanny valley enough where you're like okay that's fake blood yeah. it's there's no squibs on that poor we, dog we're all for practicality and physical stuff but yeah squibs on a dog is where we have but to there had know. to been something to sharpen his teeth because that was a rough scene and like that, there's a lot of scenes not even dog violence where i was like oh shit we got to throw in that the yelp review there's not even a yelp review big enough it, for this movie no, this is from the get-go a five-star yelp review this is not going to be for some people no when you open the movie after the scenes of the dog you open up in the workings of a slaughterhouse Woo. that was i even said jesus christ when they gutted the cow and you see the cow being gutted when you see it being disemboweled and the intestines just splurge out right that's gonna turn some people off of meat immediately that's gonna turn some people off of the movie immediately so i guess not necessarily it's like the it's, opening scene of raw yeah that's fair that's you know fair. what i'm saying yeah how a lot of people are like oh shit i'm done on and they don't even watch the rest of the movie about cannibalism this is a significantly nicer story than raw but it opens up just like Raw with the with the scene of the butcher shop. Well, then we also get, as you mentioned, one of the kind of the creepiest things that you can envision are just the empty streets. Oh God, it's by so yourself. weird when there's something inherently creepy, disturbing, and unnerving. It's off when it's a city, a populated, busy city, and it's just so. Desolate. Even though it doesn't have to be a populated city, an urban setting mm-hmm. that has no people, there's something off. The street right out there, my friend. Something off. If that was like, that's fucked up when you come up like about two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning or later. Because I've had to numerous times, <laughs> mind you, and there's nobody. And now then, sometimes like like now, there's saving power or the power's out, mm-hmm. and then there's no lights, and everything just looks empty. It's. You, and then you throw in fog oh, or, no. or or morning mist into that. And also, what is just, you know, a the stone cemetery? Throwaway? Christ right? almighty, man. That happened to me one time. I'm draw- So, first of all, it's always creepy when that happens. But then you see, like, people walking and they're in the cemetery. No. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, I'm like, okay, what's going on? This looks like fucking Silent Hill. I got a fire station up, but, like, two houses down. Ooh, they got a call. Whoa! Oh, and I'm like, shit, I am in Silent Hill. I was waiting for like the fucking uh, ash coming down on the ground, but no. <laughs> anyway, back to White God. Well, that is to say, all of that, that opening, the empty streets, her being chased by the dogs, it's all brought together. And this is what was I thought was funny is the fact that there are moments in the movie where music is really important. To the point where we have kind of a Chekhov's trumpet. Uh-huh. We have, is it, okay, is it the... It's Hungarian Rhapsody by, Fran- uh, okay. by Franz Litz. Yes. And Hubert Litz. I'm sorry. What was funny was the fact you immediately recognized it. And you had that moment of, oh. And then all of a sudden you you started kind of shifting in your seat and you were reacting. Well, so first of all, they're like, oh, get that dog out of my uh, place. And he bit me. And I'm like, oh, first of all, I'm like, oh, fuck you. I'm like, ah. Turns out you're on the list. 
that's the great thing. Before we get to the music, this is a movie about revenge. Oh, it's a fucking Haggis or Hagen. He's fucking petty. I love it. I love it. You do not dare slight no Hagen. He will fucking remember and he will fuck you up. Oh, you cut said I bit you. I'm gonna bite you now. <laughs> we'll go into it. So anyway, so the only way to shut Hagen up because. Already and, Hagen and Lily's having a bad time. Man, and you talk about want to put me off on the dad immediately. Just being a bad dad. An asshole. Yes. An unnecessarily asshole. She can't even chew gum. Mike, yeah, that's when I know we both were like, oh, no. The gum? Oh, no. And I can understand where I can understand slightly where he's coming from, where he's like, okay, I have to watch my kid. I'm not saying uh, mm-hmm. on that, but I'm saying... But I, you didn't tell me he was, she was bringing the dog. Like, for example, if someone came with live with me all of a sudden and then like, hey, I'm bringing my dog too. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got kitties. It's mm-hmm. not that I hate animals. It's just I got I can't just introduce a dog. And this is probably one of the reasons why they're not together anymore. There is no communication. Right. There is just a lot of assumptions and a lot of bitterness towards each but other. But I'm not trying to say I'm not defending the dad because oh, you no. have to be an asshole no, about no. it later. But at the same time. I kind of see where he was coming from. Again, it, it's there. Where he's coming from. But the moment then where she's in the bathtub and she's playing her trumpet. And I'm like, I know that. And then I was like, It's perfect. And the best part, though, is the fact that you, I think, a generation of us our first exposure to so much classical music, mm-hmm. to so much higher culture was Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers, just all the Merry litany of melodies. cartoons, the I Merry mean, Melodies. All the old school ones. I mean, even going back to the dawn of cartoons, because classical music's free to use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the That's great the thing key. about it. Classical music is free to use. It's a blank slate of whatever you think that interpret that song to be. Well, and then even better then is the fact that then you have like Carl Stalling mm-hmm. coming out of it, and people like Raymond Scott that then... Yeah create the music for the cartoons but needless to say the music itself is important in fact the composer of the score uh that is let's see oh god we're gonna kill the probably yeah, kill the are. pronunciation are, here we're pretty rusty in our hungarian oh the asher uh, asher goldschmidt that's not that bad the theme that's playing when uh hagen and his buddy mm-hmm. his little his little buddy who i loved their interaction right their chemistry together i mean My again own. another great dog actor because <laughs> he was great oh. this was a hundred percent an 80s movie because think about it okay so kind of not not spoiled but regular suburban kid right gets transplanted to a new rough area mm-hmm. gets kicked out of his place he has to live on the street he meets a scrappy young other hobo they're all they're going around like causing adventures next thing you know like he gets kidnapped gets thrown and, and becomes like this prize fighter gets beaten trained like to fight and kill realizes he becomes a monster goes back finds his buddy and his buddy's like hey we can do this next thing you know him and his buddies get sent to the prison then it becomes like penitentiary all he knows how to do now is fight and now they filed his teeth down and now he's scary as fuck you know what i'm saying so you got that 
aspect going on. <laughs> so then they finally break out the buddy, and the whole time the buddy's like, even at the prison, like, hey, we can do this, man. We got this. We got each other. We're going to be friends. I mean, when they find, before they go to prison, they find the dog paradise. They're warning the other the, dogs. The dog paradise Fucking was one of those things. The street dog paradise. My God. It was wonderful. It lo- I could just see, like, the, oh, because it was over a hill. Well, there's plenty that, of places to run. There's the shot, though, at night where you see that reflection of, like, the, the buildings. City. That I just was like, Jesus Christ, that's but like... It's m- magical. Yeah. But the cool thing about it is, is like what I was looking into there, because like, get off of our land. This is our dog paradise, the- right? But that when you had the reflection it and the other dogs were walking back and forth, it almost looked like that was their castle. There was- they had the dogs walking the ramparts well, at the moats. I also enjoy the fact that Hagen and his buddy are just kind of overlooking. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily getting involved immediately. They're like, just planning. They're like, well, let's just see what's going on over there. But then we get the first of many interactions with the dog catchers. Yeah. And they themselves are assholes. Everybody, oh, every almost every human, practically except for like Millie, Lily, Lily, and even she had her moments. Where I was like, I get why you're doing it, and I understand what you're doing it, but you're kind of going about it the wrong fucking way. Which you know? part? Well, one, the holding of the the dope under the underage parties. Which, by the way, you want to talk about genius going back in time? Going, you know, I was, I was at a few underage parties. Now, back when you were underage, of back course. when I was underage. Yeah, let's go. Ahead, let's go ahead and clarify Contacts. that. Yeah, Contacts. I've been to a couple of underage parties. When? A couple of years ago? No, last week. No, 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 no. And if any, if I find anybody clipping that shit, you're gonna get punched in the dick, even if you don't got one. <laughs> So, anywho, so when I was underaged, I used to go to a lot of underage clubs. Not a lot, but enough where I was like, I know my way around an underage club. An underground almost in a way? No. Okay, just under. None like that that I knew Wait, of. wait, wait. So there was the one, was it on 75th and Neiman? Yeah. Well, there was one on 75th and Neiman, and then there was one on Shawnee Mission Parkway over where main event is at right now. I can't remember. It was. It was... <laughs> I want to say Orlando's twenty one, but that was twenty one and over. No, that's that actually was, there was out in Olathe. But no, it was the one on Shining one of one of the ones. Okay, because yeah, we would go to Rocky Horror at the midnight screening afterwards, and so yes, that's yeah. right, that's yeah. right. Okay. So Jesus Christ, I would go to a lot of underage clubs. By the way, I only heard of these places. I know I was not cool enough to go. Oh fucking, I was there, man. I was there. Hey, can you buy some cigarettes? Fuck yeah, you know, let me want a pack. Fucking right. Who, who wants to party? Getting knocked back. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So. Apparently, they, they weren't as nice no, as this no, one. No, no. Because this one looked like one of those fucking underground raves that you see like fucking John Wick going to. I was going to say, uh, you might show up in Blade 2, possibly. Right. With a, with a, with a rave like that. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Teresa Ann Miller. She is. Wow. One of the main Dog wranglers, trainers, trainers the person that did train Luke and Body, which, by the way, Later on in the interview on the, the, the little special thing, she's talking to Luke and he's roughing and stuff, talking back. It's great. It's oh, really when he's awesome. singing along with the... Uh, oh, Jesus when Christ. When he hears the music for the first time. So he's part Sharpay, part Lab, and part Lapdog. Okay. He was a gorgeous, wonderful, nice boy, but this had to have been an alternate universe, or I hope a alternate Hungary, with such disdain for... Mutts and unpurebreds. You would think they were maybe that. I mean, maybe there's some little bit saying in that. Well, and I don't want to. It's 
Yeah, it's in because I don't know the politics of Hungary, and I don't want to read too much into it. But at the same time, as an American, it's your perspective. I kind of read a little bit of that into there, and thinking like I kind of agree with what not. I can't not think what they're what they're saying as the people are saying it, but the filmmakers mm-hmm. saying there is a lot of disdain mm-hmm. from higher ups for people not of pure breed. Oh yeah, I mean it's. Prevalent. Throughout throughout the film, yes, <laughs> where not purebreds have to pay a higher tax, tax yeah, and, and are just quick to dispose of them, yeah, even for the slightest of injuries and offenses. Mm-hmm. It, you can, you know, there's probably a dissertation or two, you know, written about this film because I think you can plumb a movie like this for that kind of meaning. But it's also very Planet of the Apes too, where it just. A rebel out- uprising. But it's just our furry four-legged friends that are not, much like Twisted Sister, they're not going to take it. But the thing about their uprising is it's not malicious. It's not, it's, it's. Not everyone. In fact, they're opening, the opening siege mm-hmm. on that city street. On the city street. We were laughing more it because they were. They're just ripping, causing chaos. They're like ripping people's grocery bags open. Ripping their purse down, knocking them down off the street. Dragging a garden hose out. Not necessarily biting to attacking to kill. But more just, yeah. I'm chaos. Gonna... Just chaos. Just like chasing people, like uh, well, running into stores, causing just madness. That's to say they don't cause chaos because the op- the op- the first kill. Wow, I was not ex- the first, the first kill when it comes to like letting the old chaos out. Yes, because we have this pound with a moat. There's a moat in it. With a moat, it has a goddamn moat. Well, the pound has this moat, and so we go in, and there is like two hundred and something dogs in there. A lot of dogs, and they're all in the um, pen. Hagen is about to get euthanized. He escapes because he's smart and lucky, and he realizes when to escape, which is. A running theme in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Take what you can, exactly. learn what you can, and then walk away. And loot the bodies. So, <laughs> and so next thing you know, Hagen, after being trained to attack, just rips this dude's fucking jaw out in one. Is uh, the and throat. It's, and it's gnarly. And oh. it's visible. And like all the dogs it's funny because all the dogs are like holy, holy shit, shit. <laughs> like every single one because the whole time they're like right 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 get him get him get him get him right and then when it happens they just shut the fuck up and they're like what just happened every single one of those dogs just was like what and maybe it's just because i watched roadhouse here at screenland this last weekend to be that fresh of a throat rip that was dalton approved mm-hmm. and because it shook both of us and then the this that's and and we were kind of cackling there for a minute but then the chaos swayed to where they're trying to corral the chaos and Mm -hmm. that's where we get more of the dog violence where Hagen himself actually corrals everyone and pulls a retreat he does he even forcibly says no 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 No, no. we gotta go we bumps a dog wrong way bumps all the dogs go and then finally all of them like holy shit yeah yeah we need to run so no but then there's even there's a there's um as we noticed there's during the dog chase scene where we get a lot of the really good score it's a little bit more electronic mm-hmm. we mentioned we get a predator two pull we get a point break pull and in some ways a like Paris a Bueller pull when he is going in and out of people's houses to try to get away from these dog catchers I was waiting for do 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 do
Roof, roof, roof. It wouldn't have been out of place. <laughs> it would have actually added, because at that point, I'm having a blast Me with too. the movie. Speaking of, because even we just got finished talking about like how fucking cartoons are fucking, uh, the <laughs> cartoons enter, enter our musical vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And then next thing we know, we're introduced to music class, bringing the dog in. And then we're like, Leopold. Leopold, 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 Leopold. Now, Leopold. I played the cello for a good eight years mm-hmm. through middle and high school. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this. Yes, none of us, there are shenanigans that happen in an orchestra. Mm-hmm. I don't know about a combined orchestra with band. I've heard of band camp, obviously. But the day after concerts were always amazing because we were basically allowed, We number one, we got pizza. Really? Which was a big deal back in the day. But we were allowed to just do whatever we wanted. Yeah. And I I mean, we would just like literally be running in the orchestra pit and just running up and down. Oh, you guys didn't go party at the local club and do drugs and shit? Not, not doing it right, apparently. Because it went from... Actually, this movie did... It started off with Raw and then we wound up in the party like Raw. At least it didn't go from Raw to Tane. Well, we kind of get some cannibalism in a way with dog on dog violence. We do get some dog on dog violence, but like also like there's only one thing of dog on dog violence, and it's the actual dog on dog violence that wakes him up. Mm-hmm. And just the look on his face, we're like, of him going, "What have I become?" I mean, and you could see it. You, you really could like can. you you could you like this dog is emoting. He's like acting. Fucking give this dog an award. It's it's a shame we don't give dogs award or dog right? actors award should be noted in also, category for bestest boy yeah. is <laughs> well it should be noted uh, i think they said like about 98 percent of the dogs were adopted after uh-huh. the making of the movie good good Can you imagine having a dog that worked on white god right like like that's just i i'm i'm proud enough to have my house in the stylist but imagine if like frankie here was in Sleepwalkers, mm-hmm. like one of the like act, one of the Clovis? cats. Yeah, right. It could have been just an extra a cat in the background. It doesn't oh, have man. to be Clovis. If I had a dog, I'd have fucking Precious. You'd... <laughs> Precious had range. Precious, Precious had did. range. He did. Or the dog that pissed fire in Freddy. Although I wouldn't take him out for a walk. <laughs> but also Luke and Body had range, and also the little buddy and the little buddy. The little buddy. So the little buddies. Fur and texture uh-huh. was a lot like Alvin's. I mentioned him during Dogs. So you give that kind of texture, but with like a Dalmatian look, and that was Alvin. And so I was just like, I was kind of like predisposed to be rooting for him. So spoiler alert, when his whole thing happened, when he goes belly up, and I can see oh. and, and the, the seams, I was like, oh, he just did a little good. I'm going to get my belly rubbed uh-huh. move. And I'm like, that's great. But at the same time, like, same time like, oh, no, God in the context. Oh. And... That's the problem. Throughout the movie, I'm having fun, but then I'm crying. Right. Then I'm having fun because of the action, but then I'm I'm so t- that first him trying to cross the street scene. Oh with my all the god! Traffic. I was I was white knuckling it. I was like, oh my! And then and then it like it cuts, and you're like, what, what happened? What happened? And then next thing you know, he looks There's, like he's dead under the bridge. And you're like, no! What? And he gets up, and he's like, oh. you're like, ah, stop it! This is stop a it. roller coaster of emotions it with is. both. Our human protagonist and our dog protagonist. Because I just got finished, my eyes almost swelling up when they're like leave him, and he's like realizes oh, what's Christ. happening, and he's like, no, 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 and he's trying to like get the door open, and I'm like, what? Ah, uh, and I'm like, oh, 
And next thing I know, he's about to get hit. And I'm like, no. And then he's living under the bridge. And I'm laughing because, you know, magical shit happens under the bridge. We, we have to bring in levity after those moments where we weren't breathing mm-hmm. because we need that. But there's actual real laughter in the movie as well. Right. Whether it's like the dog shenanigans to the... We started laughing when the goddamn Tom and Jerry cartoon started playing in the pound where I thought maybe that would have been their initial like initial for the, for the siege. I think that might also be because he's just like, planted the wait seed. a minute, you know, let's, I know that. we got to get out. We got to get out of here. I'm not home. I know where home is at. And it also because he does know where home is at and he is trying to get home because none of the dogs are violent except for Hagen. Mm-hmm. And not only is he violent, but he's brilliant and he's very tactical when him and his buddy were trying to be see even before he became the brutal killer that he became when they're in this store yeah. and they're playing the fake out with the store owner and like get out of here and they finally get out of here and he goes okay i'll remember you that's the thing oh. hagen's got a fucking list if you cross hagen in this movie so, on that list we have said butcher mm-hmm. we have the old bitty yeah that said she bit him the old bitten bitty we have the fucking trainer the guy that trains him, who that was the one that we we're like, we he well, needs well, to come up and yeah, we got him. There's the broker, we, the, the broker guy who in between, sold the dog, and then the hobo guy. We got the hobo guy, and then also the dog catcher, one of the dog catchers, and a couple of other dog catchers. So that is a laundry list. Of but he only killed them. He only killed humans that slight slighted him. Yep, he went backwards and and killed them off. And when we realized what was happening, that's when we both were like, oh, oh, wait, what? <laughs> Like, are you kidding? It was almost, it's like an orca. That is a good bad boy. It's like an orca. Yeah. When the grudge is held yeah. and shit is remembered, the Fuck comeuppance is going to happen. Fuck him up. Uh, and actually, yeah, it was the trainer when he had the dog. I thought they were going to dog and quarter him. No, they were like, he was like, hold him down, please. I'm going to I'm gonna savor this. Yes. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to enjoy this the way he didn't let me enjoy that. And it's the moments in the training scenes. It looked too real. That I think we also have to really establish with it the Yelp stuff. It way too real. Yeah. It, Where you're like, okay. It's, again, a lot of it was off screen, but it's just, it's our minds, because, unfortunately. Because the thing, okay, in essence, when he nailed the the steak, meat down yeah. the steak, that's not bad. It's kind of monkey torture-ish, mm-hmm. you know? But eventually he can get the steak. Sure. No harm, no foul. However, it was mon- the fact that. It's almost, I'm not saying, I'm not equivalent it to like. Like you have a Kong. I'm not right. equivalent at all, but make him work for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, God. Now I'm going to feel guilty as all no, hell giving no, her a no, Kong. No, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean to make you feel bad. No, I meant to say, like, you know, <laughs> kind of like, hey, here's a here's here. You're still getting the treat. You you realize I've been away for her. She didn't get a walk before I came over here and walked this. I feel so bad. You're going to feel, don't feel bad for your feeling. No, and the problem is also, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking to myself, bird dog. Oh, Charlie, why am I? Next thing you know, Charlie's Charlie's out there. I thought I'd find you here. He's got an army of fucking dogs and shit. But since it's my neighborhood, it's kitty cats and And raccoons. Good for her. Because if she can suppress her inner dog to go after cats, that's what I want. Like, where'd you get that blood? Is that yours? Nope. Nope. No, but so so I understand understand that working for your tree does. But here's the thing. The one where he has the meat on the pulley mm-hmm. and I was uh-huh. like, that's fucked up but at the same time it's the same general thing of like ah when you have a thing when we like, play well there's a difference on a tug of war right and but again we know that it's being done in the strictest of like 
it looks bad on screen. Guaranteed, he's eating some steak and he's but just getting he's pulled having up. fun. Yeah, the guy's probably barely holding on to it, but he's like. Thankfully, there's good human actors as well. Right, you're right. So, not at the same extent of like Luke and Body. They probably look down at a few of them. Like, really, you're, you're you know you're not on my level. Right. I mean, that like legit that good. But the kill list itself was incredible. The reveal of the carnage was incredible, and the fact that they even mentioned in the thing they're not going for the meat, they're not going for the food. They're just no. targeting certain people, and they just there to cause shenanigans. They're just they're chaos dogs. Release the dogs Speaking of chaos. Of shenanigans. Cry havoc. You can't hear that in the background, but that is Frankie or Davey. That's Frankie. That is Frankie. Frankie's okay. loud mouth. Well, we then get, also the moment of escape when they all get to go through the moat. I thought was kind of incredible. <laughs> There's some beautiful shots in this, and the, the dog, the fact that they can handle that many dogs make it look really good. And produce some beautiful shots because there's some yes. scenes of the dog chaos that can be like reverse Norman Rockwell paintings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, that is a uh, Cornell Mondruso who directed this, and then the, uh, this was shot by Marcel Rev. Perfect, just in terms of that combination. I, the thing that cr- was, I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little tired coming over, a little beat, had a long day. Mm-hmm. I think through just the characters, through the dogs, the journey, I it. Kind of gave me a charge that I wasn't expecting. Because you legit root for you, Hagen. It's like Rocky. You're like and and like Avengement. <laughs> well, these people who go through some shit they, and come up like uh, with the fighting spirit. Well, and then the very end when we have the showdown, where we have um, what's uh, Lily, Lily and Hagen, and Hagen is still. Driven by rage, she's not really identified. And I, for a second, I'm like, Jesus Christ, are we going to end darkly? Mm-hmm. Like, is Hagen going to lose his humanity and go over the edge? And as you mentioned, I was like, play the song, play the song, you play were the in song. Your back pocket the entire time. Going, I'm like, on, play the on. song, come on, play the song, come on. You should have been in the first place. You should have been rolling down on your bicycle. Pedal, pedal, pedal. You know, I mean, that's your song, but saved it till the end. And that's where I'm not going to lie. I hope I I was crying a little when that moment happened. Uh, Just all the dogs being calm, Hagen just being soothing all of them. And then the goddamn dad coming out with the flamethrower. The flamethrower. Which I was like, oh no. With the makeshift flamethrower. Yes. I was like, no, I, like, hot, that's, I don't need that kind of, that other kind of dog trauma. Because he attached a shower nozzle to a thing of gasoline. It, and was, made it was a fucking makeshift shower flamethrower. And he's ready to make some hot dogs out of those puppies. <laughs> was, and no, thankfully, for, fortunately, like you said earlier, music suited the savage beasts. And, and like, and just a wonderful scene. Now, that being said, Lily lies down, the dad comes over, he lies down, and you got that great shot that's on the back of the DVD cover of all the dogs laying down with mm-hmm. Hagen in the front there, and then we cut. No animals were harmed in the making of this film again. Again. Okay, good, good, good. And good, good, we need good. that, but it's one of those that I love the way it ends, however. It's a little ambiguous. What's going Because they said I'm we got to call the cops. I am afraid I know what's coming. Yeah. And it's not pleasant. So I'm glad we ended it where we did. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of avenues it can take. And as long as we can keep the happy one. Uh, we'll take what we we'll got take the happy with this one. one. I'll take the Pixar ending in some movies. Oh, my 
my God. Significantly more than I'll take the Stephen King movie ending on some of these movies. Well, and as we've seen three films so far into our Dog Days of Summer, there is something about the sweet catharsis we get at the mm-hmm. very end of our credits that we said we get we got at the beginning we reinforce and then some at the end yeah like here here's our here's our wranglers here's Teresa Ann Miller here's her crew here's the Hungarian crew here's all the dog actors like because there was some point where it looked like dog hostel it took turns yeah and that's why I said there are going to be some people that will make it a certain amount way into the movie, and, then and they're going to be like, "What's tap that? out? Do it. I'm done. Do it. I'm done." Which, and I don't blame him. I, don't I understand. understand. Yeah, and I that's mean, the I thing. Understand. We were basically, in a way, vetting this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, while vetting, like, Jesus, this is really good, though. Yeah, it's a really good movie. And again, having that caveat, knowing that no animals were harmed in the making of this mm-hmm. film, and knowing that a lot of these dogs are going to make it out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's then we're good. Yeah. Yeah. This was. I'm glad we were able to break that out of its wrapper, mm-hmm. utilize a film, and also, more than anything, I like the fact that we've gone 1970s, we've gone 1980s, now we've gone the aughts, mm-hmm. which is to say- Late aughts, I believe. 2014. Yeah. So actually, will it will it show up in next year's Into the Mouth of March Madness? I don't know, man. Depends Honorable on mention, maybe, maybe, at least? Maybe, maybe. It smells like Ed Hardy. God damn. You want to talk about taking you back to a specific- Oh, do you know? Do you know? In my closet, do you know what kind of a jacket I have? You have an Ed Hardy jacket? I have an Ed Hardy jacket that was given to me from a um, fellow co-worker who his husband is an architect, and they are the stylish dudes I've ever met, and he gave me this. He had, it was, it's, I don't know if I've ever shown it to you. It's camouflage. Uh It's got this tiger on it. I would never wear it, but he was giving it away. I'm like, I'm just going to take it so I can have it because it's so douchey, but yet- I Halloween costume. I don't know what, do, what do you do with it. Oh, I gotta see. I'm sure I can come up with a lot of. I'm ideas. afraid it's gonna be like the arc. You're gonna see it, and your face is gonna melt. Ah, ah! Blah. I gotta get all these dragon tattoos all over me, and all these lions. Ah! Needless to say, though, that was an interesting bit that they threw out there as well. And again, laughter we mm-hmm. needed through this. So we're gonna close things out next week by going to the '90s. Uh huh. And I'm looking forward because it's going to be a first time watch for me. Me too. Well, or is it in a while? It's going to be a wild one. It's going to be those because I remember seeing it, but it's going to be one of those ones where I haven't seen it forever. Okay. Even better. Even better. But regardless, man, thank you for this recommendation. This was a trip. If I mean, literally, you can get past to, it. Yeah. yeah. If it's, you can get past a lot of stuff, it's well worth well worth your time. Yeah, yeah, this one was a blast. So uh, what film will we be closing the Dog Days of Summer with? Well, you will just have to tune in to find out. Or actually, uh, our film family members actually know what is going to be coming up just a week before. Again, mm-hmm. a lot of the perks that, that we uh, do over Patreon. So until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Thank you.